Hello, and welcome back to season two of Parlay, a podcast for living and learning to bet on yourself. I'm your host, Kelly McGuire. This season, Parlay continues to bring engaging individuals and their meaningful stories to the table. We're getting comfortable with being uncomfortable on a variety of topics and growing through engagement. Discussing how their journeys unfold, what success and failure means to them, and how to parlay your last move into your next move are just some of the topics covered. But no matter the speed you're traveling down your own path, the journey always happens one step at a time. Flaneur, a purposeful wanderer, strolling the streets, absorbing everything their senses possibly can to fuel their creative mind. My guest today, Jennifer Cloutier, is precisely that. A multi-hyphenate creative with a passion for observing the ordinary and turning it into the extraordinary. From small town roots to crisscrossing the globe, her curiosity led her to develop her talents in a variety of artistic mediums. Jen's ability to know and to stay true to herself is rare, but at times have come at great cost. Join me as we discuss everything from working the auto line, relationships of love and loss, her travel from around the globe to her latest project, a self-published art lifestyle book. Jennifer is the true definition of someone who follows their heart while simultaneously evolving. She is the perfect guest to speak to the power of pivots and parlaying your talents into your next step. Welcome, Jen. Hey. (laughs) How are you? I'm great. Good. And where am I finding you today? I know where you are, but tell everybody else where you are. Well, I'm sitting in my living room in Montreal. um, And it's a rainy day. It's like the perfect moment to do this. Great. Um, I've got some tea here to keep my voice smooth. (laughs) (laughs) And I've got the diffuser on, a a candle lit. Um, What else can I tell you? Low lighting. (laughs) Perfect. The mood is set for this conversation. The mood is set. I've I've got a similar vibe going on in Canmore here, and I have my Christmas lights on and a candle, and it's not raining here. It's well, not doing much of anything, but we have snow, so that's nice. Yeah. Well, that'll get you in the mood. Yeah, a mood for podcasting. And ready to talk to you about this journey I've been on for a while. Yes. So. Full disclosure, Jen is my cousin. (laughs) And it's funny. So she sent me some notes last night because I wanted to make sure that we covered so many aspects of her journey. And it was funny. I was kind of thinking to myself that when I was young uh, or younger, I should say, Jen is a few years older than me. And so she was, you know, the older cousin and she was always off on all these amazing adventures. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool because we grew up very close to each other in small towns in Southern Ontario. And um, it seemed, you know, it was very exotic to me (laughs) to watch you go off and have all of these adventures. And now that we're a little bit older and, you know, have a little bit more in common age gap seems. Yeah. There's no gap. There's no gap. And, um, and yeah, to see it from a different perspective. Uh, so I'm really um, happy that we can connect and have this conversation because I think you have so much to share. Yeah, that's really fun. It's really fun that uh, we kind of both, yeah, grew up in the small towns and we kind of have that. And that we actually both explored in, in mm-hmm. similar places now that yeah. you're sitting in Calgary. Yeah. <laughs> I was there for 11 years. So um, we've kind of been crisscrossing paths actually mm-hmm. in a way and actually doing podcasting too so 
And then it's our part, it's in us. It's it's, (laughs) It's apparently it's a family trait. (laughs) There's a trait, I think, about talking, being able to Uh, chit-chat, you know, a little bit of, um, what is it called, Blarney or? Yeah, the Blarney Blarney Stone. But yeah, so yeah, I I grew up, like Kelly said, um, I grew up in a small town um, in the countryside in Maidstone Mm -hmm. is the town. And uh, that's where I got my start. So I was not in the city. I was I was exploring and wandering um, in the country. And that, that's kind of my first, uh, I guess, exploration was like, you know, just walking the roads in the forest and stuff like that, doing outdoor sports. And um, I feel like it, like now that I look back, you know, when you look back in your life and you're just like, oh, you know, nothing really formed me. To who mm-hmm. I am now but I was like everything has mm-hmm. like if I grew up if I didn't grow up in Maidstone I wouldn't you know have had that time to be I don't know contemplative in a different mm-hmm. way so I'm in the middle like so I have three sisters and I'm mm-hmm. from I'm in the middle child so mm-hmm. the prediction of me leaving that middle <laughs> was probably you know a good one and yeah. I did I did do just that but yeah it was you know, I don't think people would have predicted me to have maybe been the explorer I was because I was, I was, I don't want to say I was shy, but I was, mm-hmm. I was silent. Like I was, I was being the silent observer, even when I was little, like I was, uh, yeah, just paying attention, you know, like mm-hmm. without words, I was looking around, I was, um, you know, taking notes and on that level, that note taking I started journaling when I was like super young. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like, I have to get this on paper. And those journals are comic relief when I go home. <laughs> <laughs> because they're mainly, they're mainly about my sisters. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of like hate word, do not cross this line. <laughs> they crossed the line in my bedroom. But really like it, it that, that, that followed me all the way through. Like mm-hmm. the things I began with are the things that I still stay true to you know Mm -hmm. um especially for like you know writing finding therapy through getting releasing what's on my mind and like I don't know who first gave me a journal who talked me into that I was gonna say so I was silent at first and now obviously you can tell that I found my voice yes (laughs) (laughs) but I went to high school when I went to high school I got out of obviously the little country town a bit and went mm-hmm. into you know the inner what you call St. Anne's inner city like, like I, can't, I can't even tell anymore I feel like everything's grown so much down there but that, it was a big school yeah but I meant like is that between so Windsor so it's Tecumseh so Tecumseh mm-hmm. is between like you know the country and Maidstone to to Windsor mm-hmm. so I got out of it so I get into high school and I'm like I just wanted to talk about this because it was just so funny I was like a creative I was I was already drawing. I was already doing this. So I was taking a lot of art classes, music classes. You know, I loved mm-hmm. it. But I also had this athletic side, this outdoor side to myself. And so we had a uniform. So I was like wearing cherry docks. The docks Martins just <laughs> came out. And I had a kilt rolled up high. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, I had my own expression going on. Yeah. And then the alternative movement was happening. So my hair was, you know, I was changing it. Not too crazy. I thought Mm -hmm. to shave my head at one point like Sinead (laughs) O'Connor. But I didn't. 
And then, uh, and then afterwards I would, um, uh, take off my docks and put on runners. Mm-hmm. And like, I was in the track and field and I was like, so one minute I was melding with like nerds and creatives and next minute I was like, what the jocks? Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> this is, I didn't think about it until later on I had met someone who was a jock and he was like, you were like that kid that like I could not tie down. Like I could not figure you out. You were, and I was like, yeah, that's awesome. I'm so glad I never pinholed myself. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I don't want to be just one thing. I want to be mm-hmm. a lot of different things. And so I think that was my first discovery of like, okay, expression. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just be open to whatever I want and, and not even, and, and also looking at other people, right? Mm-hmm. Like not be like, I'm not going to talk to you because you don't wear docks. Yeah, or you don't. You're not on the track and field team. I want to talk to you because I want to talk to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that's a thread that's kind of come through your travels and your career evolution. It's very people focused. All of it, exactly. Like in mixing with your creative side as well. There's they're kind of both right, very present yeah, together for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I mean, I came out of there and then I went into university to kind of just like, because I just felt like it was right to go into university. You know, I, I wasn't like, I just thought it was the next step, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I, I went to University of Windsor. Um, yes. Bachelor of Fine Arts. And so, and then I also was taking psychology. Anyways, this is where I was like diving deeper into, you know, finding my voice, my expression. Mm-hmm. And, um, but also... So there was art scene. There was like, you know, I was into, I was doing drawing and photo- uh, not photography yet, painting. But then the music, the music mm-hmm. was huge in Windsor um, mm-hmm. and Detroit. So Windsor is situated uh, across the border, the border town. Uh, so Detroit is five minutes away. And uh, this is the 80s, 90s. Uh, we don't have to do the math, but anyways, it was back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> and it was a great time to be at, alive and <laughs> going and going into you know on a growing up in a border city so we had all the great bands coming into Detroit and so I'm not only connected with like a groupie and a Celtic band in mm-hmm. Windsor Ontario <laughs> I'm like going across the border every weekend to catch a show and it is just like talk about inspiration you know mm-hmm. and it was mainly more to do with music it had it wasn't to do with like of course, it was just, there was artists, you know, the DIA was awesome, was getting good shows. But that mm-hmm. was like, that was forming me to see all these great things and um, great bands explode over there. So I, I have to, to pivot now to kind of the big changer, you know, like I'm in university. And then like everything's, you know, I'm expanding, I'm finding my expression. And then, you know, to pay off bills. You know, mm-hmm. to bring up Windsor and Detroit. Windsor and Detroit is called like the Motor City. So yes. the big three. There's Chrysler's, GMs, and Fords. And most parents, most people lived uh, worked on the line. And so mm-hmm. the kind of great opportunity for kids going through school was that they got a chance to work part time or temp work to pay mm-hmm. the bills off, pay their school off, which mm-hmm. was amazing. You're great. You're making wicked money. Yeah, I was always envious of kids who were able to get a summer job like that. (laughs) Yeah, but like seriously, I don't know how I did it. Like they say that you don't sleep much in university, 
but like there's there's you know studying there's mm. you know partying um, <laughs> but and socializing and then on top of that I'm working this this was the picture here I'm like in school and I'm like painting with a paintbrush and you know just like taking in shows on the weekends going to bed at five six whatever it was and I get a call which I have to pick up if I would need to find work and it's on the other end is just this like staticky, like machine robotic voice saying, Jennifer Cloutier, yes, I already know who it is. Are you coming into work? And it's Chrysler calling me to get mm-hmm. my butt into work. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and so I go to work and I'm just one hour sleep and I'm on the line. So I'm going mm-hmm. from like holding a paintbrush to holding a torque gun. Yeah putting in seatbelts on the line for eight hours or nine hours, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Totally robotic. And so it was such a juxtaposition, a contrast of sorts. And it was like my brain was exploding, like just on how one minute I was banding my mind, the next minute I was like almost like it was a restriction of expansion, you know? Yeah. Like it was like shut it down. Mm -hmm. You need to focus on that drill that screw going in there that screw like time was so different Mm -hmm. so yeah anyways five years there was graduating and I was like I am out of here yeah (laughs) I can't do this anymore and I would say too probably and I think you know my friend, you know, my friend Julie, who is also an artist, and she was on the podcast uh, in the first season. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could speak to this a little bit that sometimes when you come from a smaller community and you're more artistically and creatively minded, there's not always as many outlets for that. So I think that's right. why either some people who have a lot of talent in that area either don't end up developing it because, as you said, there's kind of more of a traditional focus or just not the outlets for them to share their creativity right. or they end up leaving and trying yeah. to find a new place where that's more accepted as a path that is noble. But to yeah. Pursue. <laughs> I think it, the thing is though, because I had five years basically surrounded by artists, mm-hmm. I was immersed. Like I True. was completely immersed. So people were like, you know, I do, I, and I met someone who brought me to the next part of my chapter mm-hmm. who was from Australia. And she was like, come visit me. And I was like, I'm going to give that a thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's for sure. Like, if you don't surround yourself with the people that are going to, you know, kind of that inspire you, it, yeah, it could change the whole, your whole journey, your whole path. Like, I could have ended up on the line, but there's no. <laughs> Like there's just no way. Well, I don't think so. Knowing you and as and as people will probably learn by the end of this podcast some of right. the other decisions that you made, I don't think yeah. that there was any chance that you would have stayed there. No. But more on that later. Oh, like <laughs> sometimes I just think of it like it just so much comedy on the line. Like just like I almost like looking at myself from above. Like I'm like, mm-hmm. are you really doing this right now? Like are you? So yeah, like when I saw the pig slip coming down, I was running towards it like a lover. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, like a, a long lover. lost love lover. <laughs> it is like slow motion. I was just like, yes, see you mm-hmm. later. And then I took that ticket and cashed it in for a ticket to Australia. 
Amazing. Basically, I solo I do solo to Australia as well. That's it. I was like, I was like, you know, for a while I was thinking I was going to go. And then I was starting to talk to like, maybe my sister, maybe my friends, like, and I just kept getting excuses. And I was just like, uh Oh, no, this is not this is not what it should be about, like waiting mm-hmm. for someone else. Mm-hmm. And then I just like, I don't know what was the de- defining moment. But I was just like, that's it. I've had enough made the decision within two weeks. I went straight to Ottawa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like usually you have to wait a month and a half to get your visa back. So I eliminated the time, the mail, someone stopping mm-hmm. me from mm-hmm. making that decision. Yeah. And so I went straight there. I spent a day. That was even a journey in itself. Um, sent the day, got it stamped just before five o'clock on a Friday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was all fate. We got, I got it, and then I was just like took off with two hundred dollars in my pocket. What? Um, the truth is, like, this is the the straight up truth. You can't enter. I can say this now because they let me in, but you can't <laughs> enter a country with um with two hundred dollars. You need a little bit more. They want to, you to invest in their country, right? So I asked someone to put some money in my my bank account. So I had twelve hundred dollars entering the country. And I had to work. It forced me to work. Yeah. So I had to work in holiday visa as a commonwealth. And it was awesome. It was like I was 24. It was just unbelievable, life-changing experience. Everything was new. Um, everything. The music, mm-hmm. the people, the scents, the smells. Mm-hmm. It was just blowing my mind. And I spent close to a year there. Um, but... As I say, I pit stopped in Southeast Asia. <laughs> yeah, just a little <laughs> because pit stop. you know what, you are so far. You, you are as well. It's not like you're gonna come home and then hop on another flight a month later and go right back in the same direction. If you're there no. and you can stay, then you just need to take those hopper flights and make those other countries be part of your journey as well. I also did that though because. It literally is a, a day journey, right? Mm-hmm. So I actually, I'm not really cool with 24 hours on a plane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I certainly don't know if I could do it now. Yeah. But I split it up. So actually my flight landed in Malaysia. Uh, so that's really the deal. And um, I don't know if you have time. Like, there's just so many stories there that like, it's just so funny. Because like, I had traveled a year. And I was really, really so independent after a year, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just thought, oh, I'm good. Like, I was so laid back. And so by Southeast Asia, I was just like, I don't know, it was just interesting. I get off the flight and like lost my luggage. Like, this is welcome to Southeast Asia. No mm-hmm. luggage. And mm-hmm. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, so I go to the hotel and I'm in tears, like a little bit jet lag, more, more jet lag than anything. And I remember calling my parents or someone back home and crying. And they're just like, come home. And I'm like, no, not a chance. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like crying, just crying. And I stayed for three weeks longer and just lived that experience. What I'm trying to talk about is this, like, there's so many moments in my life where I did call home and I cried and I was like, oh, my God, what how am I doing? But then they're and they're like, just like, get out of there. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. You're, well, that's the thing. If you felt you're like, this is a bump in the road, but 
I'm going to see it through because in your gut going back was still, it still wasn't the right time to go yet. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And that's, that, that plays out a lot in the next journeys. Mm-hmm. So you eventually did make it back though. I sure but, did. Yeah. But not for surprised, long. Surprised my parents. I had bed bugs bites all over my, my body. <laughs> and my parents were like, what? Get in the garage. <laughs> they shoved me in the garage. Um, so I come back for six months. I'm on and I decide to work at a factory. Mm-hmm. Why not? Going to make a lot of cash. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd worked at a factory. Again, solidifying the idea that this is not cut out for me. Mm-hmm. I just come back from like a huge trip. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to chain myself in a big warehouse for the next six months so yeah. I can get out of here again. Yeah. And all I could look at was time and money. Like I was just mm-hmm. like, that one hour gave me $50. That's yeah. That's all I kept doing. So anyways, I, I worked the there. The mental travel I, math. Yeah. I kept going. And then all of a sudden one day, within two weeks, I decided I'm out. I'm mm-hmm. going west. Yeah. <laughs> and I bought a one-way ticket on a Greyhound bus, which I don't like buses, actually. And uh, it was three days. I strapped my rollerblades when rollerblades were cool. They are and, still cool. Oh, they're, sorry, they're still cool. You're right. But literally, I used these rollerblades as a way to get around in Windsor in the 90s. And I used them when I went, arrived in Calgary to go to work and back. Kind of funny when you think about it. <laughs> These rollerblades. You know what? Kind of the same thing as the factory. And I think when you're younger too, um, it's a little easier, right? It's usually just yourself that you're kind of worried about taking a three-day bus. Obviously, if you have a family, you're not going to take a three-day bus ride unless you have to. But we do the things that we need to do it almost seems easier to sacrifice at that point to get you where you want to go because it's kind of really only affecting yourself at that point. And you're young and, you know, there's no limit on time and yeah, you know, you're going for it. You're, you're yeah. taking these steps to take the next, the next chapter of the adventure and, and you're, and you're bringing your rollerblades. And I'm bringing my rollerblades. <laughs> it's just so funny. Like the image of that and just, <laughs> But yeah, so I meant, honestly, I did not think, I was pit stopping in Calgary to meet some friends, crash on a couch here and there. And then I kind of got a job because I had to. I wasn't loaded when I left Windsor, but, um, you know, I had enough. And so anyways, I I got a job and then, you know, you find a lover. Next thing you know, you're there for 11 years. (laughs) Yeah, that, that just a slight layover in life yeah the layover was long yeah but um yeah so I started a huge growing chapter in Calgary Alberta never in my mind was I thinking that that was going to be part of it but mm-hmm. um you know Calgary was beautiful um the west the mountains it was just a different it's a huge chapter and yeah like like I said I met someone um there was a partnership that was formed under um, our passion for travel, our passion for being who we were, like exploring. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, he really saw that. And um, he actually picked me up by saying, so you like travel? <laughs> <laughs> what if I buy a VW bus and we travel down this coast of Mexico? I was like, oh, that's hot. That <laughs> is hot. You got me. And you did. And you of guys course. did do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I cannot believe, you know, some people say like food is like their what a love language, but mm-hmm. like 
This guy knew. <laughs> he knew. He knew your love language. It was <laughs> travel. VW bus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he bought this VWS 69 uh, Volkswagen. Mm-hmm. Went down the coast for four months after we'd known each other for three months. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we lived in this like VW, this bus, mm-hmm. had our bathroom in the bus, a bucket mm-hmm. called Banos. Yep. And, um, that was the experience. And from then on, yeah, we, we did a lot of journeys together, counting one of the bigger ones of my life. Yeah. I went around the world in 2003 with him. Um, yeah, followed the sun from Japan. We started in Japan, made our way through Southeast Asia, Nepal, Europe, Czech Republic, and just insane experience, never to be again. Mm-hmm. so far <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah like you know as I sit here <laughs> as I sit here thinking about that you know like just like what an opportunity that we took when mm-hmm. we could um there were several times where we both thought <laughs> we should stop actually it was more him mm-hmm. he was like I'm done I'm done and I'm like no yeah we're doing it all the way yeah there's no done. We're we're finishing like in a grand way. Like, yeah. And how but, did you guys, I was trying to remember too, because at this point in time, was this when you started getting more into the photography aspect? Ex- yeah, exactly. Was photography was um, on the road. Yeah. Instead of like me drawing, right? Like mm-hmm. I did have a lot of time to draw and I did draw in my journals, but it was photo. It was cameras. I uh, was, I was using it was using a camera to document life more, mm-hmm. and that's when I started picking up. And it was film camera, like mm-hmm. I was not digital by now. Yeah, and that was totally awesome. Like I mean, I built a huge portfolio out of that year. Um, probably the one of the best ones that would be comparable to Cuba would be mm-hmm. Nepal. Mm-hmm. If you look at my Nepal work, it is comparable to the way that I saw life because I was sitting, we sat there for three months. Mm-hmm. So we, we immersed ourselves in the Nepali culture. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I came back from that with a lot of negatives, a lot of film. And, and that moved me into my next medium full on. Like I decided to take a job at a like a photo lab to first get all mm-hmm. those films developed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for free. No, not for free. I got it at a lower <laughs> cost. But in that journey, in that journey of like deciding, like not to just get a job just to pay the bills, you know, mm-hmm. to get a job to like learn, to get a job to so I can connect with like other photographers, mm-hmm. so I could like, you know learn how to the back end of the whole process of photography, the lab, the film, you know, that's which to this day is like, as I talk about my book later is like the book as all the experiences I brought into this book, you know, like mm-hmm. color theory um, with the film. I learned so much. I met so many people. I had so many great contacts, uh, exhibitions. That was a great moment in my life. Like mm-hmm. I and I also not only that I started working at art stores and for that for that reason I have always taken jobs that, in which I could evolve, mm-hmm. you know, evolve as like a, a, a creative, evolve as a person, you know, like in cu- communities, mm-hmm. build communities, 
and for the, that was amazing. I remember not even knowing when my my paychecks came. Yeah, like that was incredible. Like how, and and my bosses were mad at me. They're like, "Put your hours in, Jen. Please, like, <laughs> how are you surviving?" I'm like, I don't know, but it's good. <laughs> well, I think that's something to make note of. You know, it it takes a lot to put, I guess you could say, financial security on the back burner to pursue, you know, what your heart desires. And obviously, when before you guys left on that trip, there would have been savings and this and that. But the reality is, it's you know, it's not like you guys were on the road staying at the Four Seasons or things like that. This was a pure life experience. Yeah, like a, a pure personal growth experience. That's uh, it. Yeah, that's it. It was not a big glamorous, you know, no, world 100%. trip. It was no. We were living in like, oh my god, like I never lived. Well, I mean, I can't say never because there's a there was moments where I got to live, um, you know, five star hotels like <laughs> or whatever. But mostly we were just living off of a dime. Mm-hmm. And I learned I learned that from like my first trip to Australia. You know, mm-hmm. how to live like you know on pennies. And it served me well throughout my entire life, like even mm-hmm. to this day, like, <laughs> how to suffer as an artist, you know, and be, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I learned, I, I just learned a lot from those type of, taking those type of uh, jobs on and, um, and uh, I still, I still live like that. Mm-hmm. Like, so, but yeah, like Calgary was really great for me. Like I, I really, it was good. I had a studio. I had uh, communities, the creative communities. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a good, you know, life was almost too good that it, I was, there was no shaking up. Like there's nothing. Mm-hmm. I just come from like huge experiences all the time. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I had to start, a gr- start to ground. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of grounded for a while in a relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. I felt like, yeah, like kind of like, like when you're little, you're grounded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like and I'm like oh my god no like we can't stay still like Mm -hmm. and so I was always like I think I was always seeking you know like what's next and so I was having trouble with that and Mm -hmm. you know it it affected my my relationship in the end and you know I started to turn I decided to turn to yoga and meditation because you know I you know I have a pretty active creative mind Mm -hmm. finding focus sometimes can be hard like I think I was saying that I have ADHD. Like I'm sure I have a bit of a dose of that. Um, And uh, I try to combat it and try to find answers through yoga. And so Mm -hmm. my next huge chapter was to like dive into the well-being. um, I was going to say sector, which is so funny because it kind of sounds financial. Yeah. (laughs) Which is like the the opposite of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I dove into that. And so I, I decided to like take a job again. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm curious about yoga. I'm going to take a receptionist job at a studio. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see what this is all about. And then the next thing you know, I'm like, I'm going to teach. I'm mm-hmm. going to go deeper. And so I, and, and also I needed to retreat. Like I needed to get out of what I was, all these questions, you know, unanswered. So I went on a month long Mexico, like down to where we had been actually before. We had passed this place when we were on our travels wherever it was 2001 and um yeah it was really cool to go there and just like step away from the situation I was kind of like to regroup my 
thoughts and be like, what's next? Like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. And from that, I came back. I taught right away. Like, I'm I'm not like a, a person who kind of pauses on an idea. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to do this. So I, I taught and it came natural. Like, I felt it was a natural way to, I don't know. I felt comfortable in front of people. I felt comfortable in talking. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm talking my ear ear off right now. So I was like, <laughs> "Well, it is the point of the podcast." <laughs> yeah, but I just felt like I felt comfortable in that way, and I liked I liked it. Like I liked this different kind of identity that I was moving into. So, anyways, I took that on, and um, it was a good time. It was actually at the big shift I was about to do, and that was to walk away, you know, from the relationship I had been in for a very long time. Mm-hmm. The hardest to this day thing I could have made was to walk away from something that wasn't working on my side. And, you know, to make that decision is so, so hard, but, you know, at certain point you have to, you know, you can't just stay in that. You need to like, for both, Mm -hmm. you can't keep hurting yourself. Can't keep hurting the other. Yeah. If you're not living your life and, you know, I was, I'm a big believer in living an authentic life. You know, I'm not going to fake this life. It's one life. And I'm like, I felt like I was faking it for way too long. Yeah. And I was like, it was actually around the time Eat, Pray, Love came out with Elizabeth Gilbert. And I was marrying her, marrying her life. Yeah. In the same ways she was like taken off. And I was like, okay, it's time to walk away. And uh, and then I did. And so I was single again. And I, I only lasted about a, a year, I think, in Calgary until I decided it was time to, like, leave. <laughs> yeah, I remember when you left because I was living here uh, for a part of the time when you were here uh, mm-hmm. during that relationship and part of your 11 years. And... I remember you saying, you know, I'm going to go. I've it's, it's time to go. I'm going to Montreal, mm-hmm. which I thought seeing that you are an artist and you had all of these different pokers in the fire of different artistic endeavors. I thought, well, okay, yes, Montreal makes sense. <laughs> I can see you've had a big shift in life and that mm-hmm. is a very fitting place to go for the yeah. next chapter. Well, I meant it honestly was in the plan. It was in the great plan, mm-hmm. and which I should have done out straight out of university. Actually, I should have went to university here, mm-hmm. but I just didn't want to go or something, something, basically the language probably. I just wasn't prepared to, to do mm-hmm. the French language as much as like my heritage is French. Mm-hmm. And so I think at that point, we had been to France. We had gone to the the place where my my family is from. I think that from that I was like, it's time to go kind of, and I don't want to say like home, but it's time to get to my roots. Yeah. It's time to kind of get to 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 who I am, like break it down into layers. Mm-hmm. And so that, I think that it was like kind of one of the reasons I I finally dove and said like, I'm going to Montreal, and I meant I was in a relationship that was like, you know, the guy was like into fashion and he was the vehicle he was Mm -hmm. like well literally we actually drove across canada Mm -hmm. (laughs) with all our belongings literally and figuratively (laughs) the vehicle (laughs) which is actually really cool we actually had a journey in itself like yeah as i'm driving all my belongings from like west to east Mm -hmm. i'm like reflecting on like the greyhound that brought me yeah east to west yeah um 
And then we got, we came here and um, lo and behold, something was in store and um, that relationship broke. And so, yeah, I found myself alone wintertime um, at a house that was only a block away from where I'm at right now. So basically full circle. The thing is, I was, it's not like I've never been like that. Like I did that my whole life, right? Like went to new cities. This time I just wasn't expecting it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's different when you plan, intentionalize and be like, oh, I'm going to go to Australia alone. But when you arrive at a city and all of a sudden you find yourself alone. <laughs> yeah, that's a big when difference. You, when you were in a relationship and you kind of were like planning. So yeah, it was crazy. I was like, you know, I was pretty sad in tears. And everyone was checking in on me when they found out. They're just like, oh my God, Jen, go home. Mm-hmm. Go back to Calgary. And all I kept hearing was go back, go yeah. back. And I was like, that isn't in my language. Mm-hmm. That is not in my language. I've evolved. <laughs> I don't devolve. <laughs> I don't go backwards. So I was crying. I was like, people were just, I was like, can you just hear me out? Mm-hmm. That's what I kept asking people to do. Can you call me and can I just talk? Can mm-hmm. I just cry? Can I just be? And I wanted to live the experience for what it was knowing full well that at some point the, that emotion would die, right? Mm-hmm. That loneliness, that sadness, that um, those memories, mm-hmm. they would start to, to leave and then I'd form new ones. So that was, um, that was a big lesson. Like after a year, I had made new relationships, new community. I sat in it. I dove deep. Like I, do- I was humbled mm-hmm. <laughs> when I arrived here. In language, yeah, <laughs> I had to relearn one, two, three, yeah, and I had no friends, but yeah, it was like it was another chapter, another building block, and um, I like that though, you know, mm-hmm. like that's the thing, like I chose to shake life up, and it shook me, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was like, is this? Is this good enough? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, like, are you shaking now? Like, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you're like, okay, I'm good for a while. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Give me something to work with. Yeah. And then the universe did. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, I had a loft. Um, I was a huge loft in the plateau. I was now getting, I had a job at a bed and breakfast. That was tying me to tourism, people traveling all over the world. I was teaching yoga in studios. Mm-hmm. I was living my dream mm-hmm. just like that. All of a sudden, I had everything that I wanted mm-hmm. and that I had built my life around mm-hmm. was finding itself under one huge umbrella. Yeah. And like it, I actually kind of get all emotional thinking about it. <laughs> As I was writing it today, I was like, wow, that happened. Yeah. I've lived a few dreams and that was one of them. Like how many people get to do that, you know? And to like to arrive at exactly who you are. But but a lot of people wouldn't have taken the steps that were necessary to do that. Right. Because you took some really really big steps and literally turned your life upside down not really knowing how it was going to turn out, but just knowing that you were not in the place that you felt like you should be. But a lot of people don't have the courage to make those big changes. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the, the intuition mm-hmm. to know that you're not in the right place is huge. 
And the second is action. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Like you've made so many choices that I guess I would say most people would probably think are unconventional. But I would say that you're probably living a much more authentic life than a lot of people who are. And I don't want to say too scared because I think a lot of people think about it, but it's hard to change when you're in a pattern. It's hard to give up security. I don't think that that's something that you've ever probably worried about. Like maybe maybe somebody who works in banking and someone like yourself, you're not in the same realm of needing that type of stability because for you, you just value different things potentially, right? right. Um, you're like, I don't need to have um, maybe material roots is, I guess, a better way to say it. You know, you're more nomadic and happy with the life that you've created versus saying, I have X, Y, or Z. And that's my definition of success. And for some people it is. And that's fantastic if if that is what's making them happy. But you know that's not what makes you happy. So you've stepped yeah. outside of yourself so many times to yeah. be able to stay true to that. And I don't think a lot of people would have that type of courage. Right. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I'm so rich in experiences. Mm-hmm. And I think that's got to be the best thing that you can do in your life. Like, what are you going to do with, like, like they say, what do you, you can't bring anything to your, your grave. <laughs> no, and I, I think it's okay, though. Like, um, course, if other people, so. you know, which, what the heart wants, what the heart wants is great, as yeah. long as you're being true to what yeah. the heart wants. So if the heart wants a house or a car or yeah. things or whatever, great. Yeah. But oh no, for sure. You know, I mean, but I, I do like security. I trust oh, me. Oh yeah, I, mean, I pray <laughs> for security. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess there's but, a uh, fine line, right? Yeah, but yeah, I guess I don't. I did. Yeah, I definitely did. Like, I mean, I seriously did have like the house of my dreams at one point, the picket fence, uh, mm-hmm. the studio, and I get up. I got up and walked, and that took all my might, all my might, and uh, because seriously, I could not live in four walls, a roof and be someone else mm-hmm. like that's not gonna last yeah it, maybe I could have lasted another five months maybe I but I know mm-hmm. so yeah it was Montreal like everything arrived at, at the time it was meant to and then everything left yeah yeah <laughs> in the same week yeah I lost my loft in 2019 November 2019 I had to leave the loft. It I needed renovations. Uh, the house I was looking after, the bed and breakfast, was being sold. It sold. So I lost my work. And all the things I loved were just taking – the carpet just came out from beneath me. And I was in shock for a little bit. Um, I had, like, a last, like, hurrah of, like, four-day pop-up, um, you know, projects. Um, but um, – yeah, I ended up, and, and anyways, I ended up like, um, then we hit the pandemic in yeah. 2020 as I'm like kind of climbing a ladder inch by inch. Yeah. But um, I just realized actually we just like leaped into like me leaving, um, losing everything. But I haven't talked about like all the great projects, like the process project, Cuba for one. Yeah. During these eight years. Yeah, we need to circle back on that right now. Yeah. So in the midst of, all of this change, you had a number of projects and creative endeavors that you were working on as well as, you know, teaching yoga and working at the B&B, which brought so much to your life. But you also had all of your creative projects going on 
mm-hmm. not necessarily altogether, but the purpose of this discussion too is to talk about the evolution, like obviously your evolution as a person, but then obvious and the evolution of your creative endeavors. And mm-hmm. a big piece of that was your journey to Cuba, which turned into an annual journey effectively. Yeah. Like it just was like through someone actually at the bed and breakfast, like I met someone, a contact that they brought me to say like, uh, would you be the yoga teacher for a retreat in Cuba? I was like, Cuba, huh? Cuba. So I end up going there, checking it out. That didn't work out, but then I was completely smitten. Like I was just like full on, like, oh my God, like walking into a deja vu moment of like, you were meant to be here. And so all my creative life, like all like my mediums, everything that I was doing all my life kind of started to have like this like full expression. Like it was just like I my portfolio, my vision, my voice, everything came back as it should, because it was like, I, I kind of was like as authentic as I was, you know, because I think I was building up projects. I was being who I was. I was documenting artists. And that project, the process project was born in Cuba because I was watching creatives and I was like, how on earth are you creating? Like, you know, how do you, who do you get inspired by? And it was just so, it just opened my eyes just to be like, man, like, you know, they're, they have so many different variables to deal with mm-hmm. for being creative. And I was just like, right away, open this project of like documentation. And, you know, I couldn't stay there forever. So I'd go back to Canada and like, I started doing the project with creatives here, podcast as well. Mm-hmm. And then like process talk nights with audiences. And like, I just fell into this whole eight years of like community-based connections and it was just feeling so perfect it was was just the perfect moment and yeah and so coming back like it was it was almost like everything was going so well that you knew change was about to happen you know yeah it was just like wait a minute this is so good Mm -hmm. and then that's when 2019 it all changed and and then we moved into the pandemic uh in March and I found myself in isolation, lockdown, mm-hmm. um, complete opposite of what I'd been living for eight years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy smokes, man. What am I? Who am I? Like, what am I doing? Like, now I can't touch people. I can't mm-hmm. even come near them. I can't talk to people. I'm like, and but I have this time. So I just sat there with all my journals, hard drives images, everything. And I just was starting to process. And I realized it was time for me to process my own life. Like I had to slow down and be like, look at you. Like, what about your projects? What about what you've been building? Like, and one of the bigger ones was the Cuban portfolio. You know, I was just like, I had ideas of a book, but I was just putting it off. Cause I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to document other artists. I'm going to shine the light on them. But it was time for me to shine the light huge on what I've been working and finish it, finish mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I spent this last year basically designing, editing, promoting, self-publishing, mm-hmm. learning, evolving, you know, freaking out, suffering, <laughs> anxiety, you know, highs, lows, everything to arrive at it being like out there in mm-hmm. circulation, you know. Um, and I'm just like, it's just been such a journey to get it to this moment. And um, 
it really, really, I believe it speaks of who I am. It's called Mira Kuba, the Flanner Way. And the Flanner Way is like, as you opened up, you know, is mm-hmm. this urban explorer, this observer. And I got the name because someone called me that. And I was like, what are you calling me? Like, what is, who's this? <laughs> You're like, is this a French swear word? Yeah, somebody- I was like, <laughs> sounds like a cuss. But what, actually, it's not like the true, there is a negative connotation yes. to it. I thought it was really kind of, and I wanted, I just got called on it yesterday. They're like, oh, I heard it's called a loafer, a lazy, or a, like a loiter. And I was like, yeah, so what's wrong with that? I said, so is it so bad to actually like take your time in like spaces and like, you know, that, that's just that. Is it so, is it so, why is our society all like based on like going, 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 doing, going, going? Why can't you actually just pause it? So now like society sets like these, don't you dare loiter there. What, we can't stop and slow down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where I like fully embrace this flanner way, the flanner business it speaks to me 100% and I was like I am the flanner mm-hmm. so that's um that's the the cool thing is like to come full circle and to like actually gone through this whole year trying to figure out um what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it like it wasn't how I put together the book isn't the original idea you mm-hmm. know there there might be a different versions of it coming I didn't think I was going to write poetry Mm-hmm. I didn't think I was going to, but when I was writing here on my own, I just let it flow. Like mm-hmm. it came out in journal writing, it came out in stories. You know, sometimes I would write words that started to flow into rhymes. And I think that comes from kind of a little bit about being a yoga teacher as well, like mantras, mm-hmm. like seeing life in stanzas in a way. Like that's how I teach, right? Inhale, exhale. So, you know, I see that how poetry came out and I kept it like that and I was like this is how the story is going to come with these images and uh, essays at the beginning um that speaks of how this was all came to be and um yeah like at at some point and I spoke to you about it throughout this year you know Mm -hmm. like I was like um you know there's there was a lot of shittos oh should I should I put it out should I should I not have this in there should I should this be the title and then after a while, it's like, just do it, Jen. Like, get it out. Like, stop the perfection. Stop mm-hmm. this. It'll be what it'll be. And it'll, um, that's it. Do another. Yeah. Like, do another. Learn from this. Do another. Move on. And I can't be more, like, elated to have it in my hands. Yes, it's a beautiful book. I have a copy and it's so beautiful. I I can't believe that you 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 did everything. Like <laughs> yeah. every single part of this book is something that Jen created. The images, the words, the layout. She and I were also on the phone talking about you know, the ups and downs of like physically getting the book published, shipping, all the right. logistics, like you, your hand is in all of it. And it's yeah. beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it, you know, you just have to like be resourceful. Like mm-hmm. there is so much, I mean, we're so thankful, uh, so blessed to have the internet like <laughs> coming, yeah. like thinking about Cuba, like mm-hmm. literally eight years in Cuba knowing how blessed when I come home, I can like find information like that. Mm -hmm. 
you know, like it's the world of information, like it's the time of information. So like you can do whatever you put your mind to because it's there. Yeah. Especially if you're in Canada and the States or wherever, you know, exactly. Like there's, there's so much opportunity. The, basically stop the excuses is yeah. what you have to say. It's like, but yeah, it's, it's kind of cool now. Um, people have seen the book. Some people are inspired by either the word, the journey. And some people are just inspired that I actually finished it, you know? Mm-hmm. They're like, and they want me to, I'm doing consulting on this. And this is like super cool. Like I'm actually can teach and guide people to do what I did. I don't know. It's not like it's an epic book. It's not like a novel. No, it's, it's just a- that I just took an idea and went to yeah. the, ed- the edge. Well, it's, it's the edge the end of it and and it it does take a guts to get it started and Mm -hmm. keep it going and just like put it out and all those steps are huge the the putting the putting out oh yeah saying like okay because the moment you put it out it's the time that is judged right for sure and that's always a question that I usually kind of ask guests especially in a creative field because it's such a personal using your creativity as a career is so personal. Um, and I often ask guests who are in a creative field, how do you have (laughs) the courage to put it out there? It's one thing, you know, to submit a, say a financial report or a paper or, you know, an advertising jingle or something like that. But when, when you're putting basically your heart and soul on a platter for the world to, to judge, yeah that's a lot (laughs) it's a lot it's everything (laughs) yeah and it's something I think that you actually honestly have to warm up to Mm -hmm. if you're not used to it if you're not doing it like it's practice Mm -hmm. it's practice it's like making that that uh seeing that blank canvas putting a stroke of color on it keep going keep going next canvas next thing next word next sentence it's like you have to keep the momentum going because you you do get stuck in these like blocks of like oh that's that's just not going to cut it that's not good enough that's um, and you do make excuses you make like your fears get a hold of you and you know I'm definitely not a person who's like whatever like I, I definitely have a lot of obstacles that you know stop me from maybe doing things th- the things that all the projects I want to do but I try to be a person who like if I'm going to do something. I'm going to try to get it out and um, and be all right with with what I put out. I put a lot of detail in all, mm-hmm. and I hope that that comes out in all that I do. You know, like I put enough of me, mm-hmm. genuine, mm-hmm. <laughs> genuine design. Yeah, and I think that's why I'm so um, I can be happy with what I put out. Is that it's it's not fake. It's like it's it's straight from the heart, straight from my soul. Mm-hmm. And so even from like a card to a performance to my words, like I just mm-hmm. hope that that's going to be what people feel and experience from my work. So um, I'm happy that this is kind of like my first real book and that I'm so looking forward to the next adventures that I will get up to, you know, and there's mm-hmm. already a, a whole a whole lot on the platter in 2022, you know. And I kind of want to sum up for people because I know we've talked a lot about, you know, personal evolution, obviously your life experiences with travel and how they've all shaped you. But 
I think one thing that we haven't really talked kind of in a focused manner on is the business aspect of your creativity. You have a lot of projects that you have been working on. And I would say specifically at the start of the pandemic, your income revenues were kind of quashed due to the pandemic and you've had to, you've pivoted and you do web design work. You have put out a book. You are doing um, one part of Jen's endeavors is called the Flannery way, which you talked a little bit about, but just to go a little deeper into it, it's Walk and talk. Walk and talks, like city tours, observations. These are, you know, real life things, courses type things that people mm-hmm. can sign up for. You've started more print work with your photography. Right. And Jen's got a whole lot of things going on here. She's being pretty yeah. modest about talking about them. But there, you know, she is she she is an artist. An she's, she's an entrepreneur too. You're making yeah. your way and you're using all the tools that you've acquired along your journey. And the thing is like, I mean, there's no other time but now to have used these tools. Like they came so handy this year Mm -hmm. to go Mm -hmm. in my tool shed and be like, oh, look, I I have breathing techniques I can use to calm myself down from Mm -hmm. all this uncertainty. Oh, I have, uh, I can draw, I can, um, you know, write and Mm -hmm. I can heal myself through, these these isolation and so I was like I was diving in deep and then I'm like you know what I'm so happy to like um design and like start whatever different projects I have and like you know I don't know I'm I I I can never be bored yeah (laughs) you know I mean to say like uh, I'm a loafer like a flanner like a a pot like I definitely don't pause for that much like I'm constantly, my brain's constantly coming up with a new creative idea. And I just think, um, why not? Like, why not just try to put it out there and see what happens? Like, I mm-hmm. meant the least thing someone can say to you is like, no, I'm not interested or I'm not. No, that's just not me. Or And yeah, you just, you have to deal with that type of rejection. And the point is, is like, there's a lot of people out there. That mm-hmm. is only one person who's going to not be like one person will like basically say, you're not for me. You're I'm not, I'm not ready for you. Uh, It's too busy to the next day. Someone could like open the door, Mm -hmm. put the red carpet out, Mm -hmm. hug you and just say, you are the best thing that there is at this moment for me. And I'm like, that's happened to me that just three days ago. And I was Mm -hmm. like, you can never, you got to, like, at one point, you just have to, like, embrace everything that you are and just happen to be that this pandemic gave me this time to kind of just be, like, really look at who I was and just own it mm-hmm. and be like, yeah, like, this is my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, it hasn't been that bad. Honestly, it's been pretty, I've been I've, I've, you know, I think I've done some good things and I'm, um, yeah, that's it. That's it. So I'm, I'm really excited to see where all of this brings you as the world opens up, because I know for the last 20 months or so things have been, lots of things have been percolating. Obviously you've executed a ton of projects and this is just you solo in the pandemic, Mm -hmm. you know, making the most of it tapping into your creativity and and going for it so I imagine as the world opens up again that's just going to spill out into there so 
Oh, I'll be out there flattering about. <laughs> flattering oh, about. Huge. I already see myself on different roads out there, different paths. And I hope that others will join me. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll <laughs> definitely know? have all of the information of what you can find out about what Jen is up to. She has lots on the go, as you can tell. Um, before we wrap up though, I have a little thing that I like to end off with on a light kind of fun note. And I think there was something that you also wanted to share with everybody. So I will ask you these quick fire questions and, um, and then we can start signing off for the episode. So what are you currently reading? So I didn't read a lot this year. I was more writing, you know? in that sense like I do pick up books like uh there's called the analog c review um it's a compilation of uh artists uh philosophers psychologists so like it's like um creatives so this book is great like I love just like a small book that I can't like you know get into too much right now Mm -hmm. little inspirations yeah because I need to focus my own path so yeah Mm -hmm. all right currently listening podcast all over the map all over the dated seriously like i'm my genre is like you know i love to dance so sometimes it's electronic (laughs) i'm sure you caught me on my instagram (laughs) dancing jazz uh zen beats like this thing called zen beat uh that's obviously i like i like to chill out um and then i have my records like Mm -hmm. i have my small record collection so yeah i'm pretty uh up in uh, music's huge in Mm -hmm. my life so yeah all right currently watching do you have time to watch anything oh on a screen (laughs) well you know what like I don't know this is really guilty that I'm revealing this but I watched this series recently that I'm totally hooked and my friend got me hooked on it it's called Outlander oh yeah and I'm like hooked on this like whole time travel and like you know the 17th century 18th Mm -hmm. century and like this couple that is like in love and you Mm -hmm. know like basically like a dream world and yeah yeah oh i've watched it yeah yeah it's great. <laughs> I, i'm dying for the season to come back i watched that like for a week straight i i lost sleep 3 a.m every day yeah i don't and think you're I'm, the only one and i'm going back to to watch rewatch them it's ridiculous i've I never been like that part of the things with shows though um especially especially if they take place somewhere where we're not right like that's in scotland right it's supposed to take place scotland, in scotland but then the states and- yeah, true yeah, yeah and correct. i know like i even i was even like when's the next episode of emily in paris coming out because <laughs> oh, yeah. it was just so nice to see paris you know like you're craving yeah that's it true. that we can't really access right now right yeah okay currently eating eating you know what eating bread 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 I live in Montreal. True. Need I say anything and that I can make bread? Yes. I, Jen is a wonderful baker. <laughs> yeah. Also something, a little side hustle she had going on too. And wine in the closet. But yeah, I, I basically, for a while, if you warmed me up, I could probably turn it into a piece of bread. And lastly, currently manifesting. Oh, man. Seriously, like, <laughs> do we have another hour? <laughs> like manifesting honestly it is to do with the book like i'm manifesting to do an online course that will be for real coming into play in 2022 Mm -hmm. there's ideas to go on tour with the book with like you know to talk about creativity well-being exploration 
and like performances, which actually next week I'll be doing a performance in Montreal, the book. Um, Amazing. Short, 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 which just, speaking of manifestations, that just played out Mm -hmm. um, last night. So I'm getting ready for that. But yeah, basically I'm trying to stay on the, the focus of who I've been about for my whole life, which was, you know, exploration, observation, and creation. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that I'm on course. I think I'm, you are. Yeah, that's that's all for your those Yeah, questions, that's right? all for my piece. Yeah. And I know that you had something that you wanted to um, well, I share wanted with everyone. End, I wanted to end because I, I should share maybe a little bit of my poetry. Um, mm-hmm. But also because my poetry is kind of like mantras, mm-hmm. like things I live by. And so I was kind of sharing with Kelly before I – um before we started this conversation was just like you know different things I live by was like you know don't wait you know stop comparing yourself with others letting go of perfectionism and all that stuff all things I've learned along my life and but the biggest one was um during the pandemic obviously we all know things change Mm -hmm. like things change you cannot expect your life to stay the same and the only thing you can do is is um to live this moment the moment that you're in is is the hugest lesson that you could to do. So I wrote this poem last year. Um, I brought it back to life this year. Um, and it's called, uh, Do You Feel That? And so it's around the season of the fall. And um, yeah, so I'll end uh, this session with that. And so it goes like this. Do you feel that it's change? It's happening again. It is constant. Can you surrender to it? Let it be. Flow as it should. Let it fall away. Can you just be a witness to it? Notice its transformation. Yes, this includes you. You are part of the change. Transpiring, adapting, becoming. Be mesmerized by life, by what you see, by what you feel. This moment, it won't happen again the same and that's all right there are more coming to experience fully feel that beneath you pulling and grounding you in a vibrational gravitational hug nature others is asking you to be its witness that in this we exist together in this moment and there it is just a short little mantras i put together and uh, the feel that it kind of, you know, kind of wraps up everything that I, uh, I've been through. <laughs> mm-hmm. It might be change is constant. It is. So every day, every day, <laughs> something new. Exactly. Well, I want to thank you, Jen. I know we've been talking about sitting down to have this particular conversation for quite some time and, it's kind of interesting, actually, through the pandemic, I feel like we've connected more and more, whether it's through your projects or my projects. And it's been really nice. Like we, even more so than when you lived here, I think that we've probably, you know, talked to each other. So yeah, um, I totally that really actually happened a lot with different friends. Like I mm -hmm. connected more with my Western friends than I did in Montreal with my friends. And it was crazy. Yeah. Um, I just want to like, before I go, just talking about my book um, and community. Mm-hmm. 
just a, a, not a, actually, and it's not a shameless plug is that, you know, to support local artists, to support local businesses this year yes. as we hit approach the holidays. My book is across um, the, across the country. <laughs> not really, <laughs> but it's actually in like, I decided that, you know, I could have put it on Amazon this year, but I chose not to, I, mm-hmm. I chose to keep it local. So mm-hmm. it's in Windsor. It's in Calgary, actually. Mm-hmm. At Shelf yeah, Life. it's at Shelf Life in Calgary. Um, and it's in Montreal at a few stores. Um, and um, that's what I really want to promote with this book is that because it's, you know, the, the feel of it's community-based, mm-hmm. even like, you know, Cuba is, uh, it's an island, but like the, the it's a small, t- there's the pockets of community. It's all about community. Mm-hmm. People look out for each other. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I feel like, you know, ending this podcast is that I've always been about connecting people, keeping people together building communities and so if you're looking for my book you can definitely come to me straight up mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i'd love that but also if you are in like windsor calgary or montreal and you find yourself an independent bookstore you can find it there and like let's support each other in this mm-hmm. time you know mm-hmm. like as much as you can like don't don't try to reach out to these huge corporations <laughs> sorry <laughs> but like Go and help the artists that are nearby and mm-hmm. the small businesses survive yes. so we can keep going. I think we've all seen too many of our small local businesses not be able to survive the last year and a bit. And it's been devastating. And yeah, for the creative community, a lot of their outlets have been shut down. So let's come back with a vengeance and mm-hmm. support local and support our artists and Mm-hmm. bring Support back each other life. yep yep and yeah, bring back let's life bring us, to bring our community together rather than apart exactly we all know that that that's what's needed right now exactly so thank you kelly it was great i loved it mm-hmm. <laughs> i loved being in touch with you over this year and um over this podcast same maybe we'll get to yeah. see each other in a few weeks uh, at it. christmas who knows Woo! it's been so long that would be nice. yeah that would be nice all right well let's close this out i know um You've got things to get going to and uh, days rolling on here on the side of the country too. So we'll close it out now. And I just want to say thank you to everybody for joining uh, Jen and I. The power of connected conversation never ceases to amaze me. Time is precious. So thank you for tuning in. Visit the Parlay website for notes from today's conversation and where you can connect with Jen. I will have all of her links uh, to her different projects where you can find her on social, all of that type of stuff. And join me on the next episode of Parlay as we continue to journey on with inspiring individuals and learn invaluable lessons for betting on yourself. Stay well, everybody. Talk to you next week.